Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Nestleprox.com video games podcast. As always, I'm dead. Joined today, we have Alex. And I am the only one here. Yep, Cave yeah. is a bit busy dying. So you can unfortunately not join got us. That, got that Louisiana flu. Yeah, went out into the swamp and then the gator that he fucking wrangled had AIDS or whatever. I don't know. Make a lot of regional jokes. Just I'm realizing that kind of more and more. Anytime we have anybody on here who's from a place. Like like me and Cave make fucking New Jersey jokes at you. You and me make New, me you and me they make Louisiana jokes at Cave. You guys make Canadian jokes at me. Pretty much. I think I actually drove away a guy. We had a guy on a on a show for like two months who was from Australia. Oh wow, that's unfortunate. <laughs> There's a lot of jokes to be made there. Oh, yeah, totally. I think first time he came on, I did my Australian accent at him, which I realized late, which I realized much later was more of a New Zealand accent. I can't tell the difference. Yeah, that was the thing with my accent for a while. It was it was um, it was indistinguishable enough to be confused for either, but still close enough to be offensive to both. It's like, that's New Zealand. And I like, but I didn't mention sheep once. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I need to work on, I need to work on accents. Anyway, we're talking about fucking video games. It has been a bit. Yes, it has. Yeah, like, fuck, I have, I've made jokes and references to it in like multiple recordings, but. Yeah, pretty much every show kind of fell into this fucking nightmare quagmire, except for the movies podcast. It's mostly because two shows in a row, you like approached me like, hey, can you record like in a couple hours? And I was like, no. Yeah, yeah, that was that was on me. I was not sleeping. No, I I already said I'd, I'd go do a job. You got to give me like more than a couple hours in advance. Yep, yep. I actually there there have been a couple of people that have actually one guy straight up left the, like straight up stopped doing recordings partially because of that. I mean, I know I, I give the impression that I just kind of hang around with nothing better to do. Oh, no, you you guys, I, I'm, I pretty much assume now everybody who works for me on this website has like real jobs. And like, you know, I mean, important you, I shit mean, to you do. You wouldn't be completely wrong, but occasionally, occasionally other stuff comes up and I'm like, so I got to go talk to some guys I've never actually met before in person about video games. And they'd be like, no. <laughs> Go take go take this to where I need it to go now. And I'm like, okay. It's like, hey, I gotta sit in a computer. I gotta sit alone with my computer for like three hours. Is that cool? It's like, no. You're going to your aunt's funeral. I mean, I mean, I've never I've never actually done that before, but I mean, I'm pretty sure that's how it would go down. Yeah, probably. There's there's a lot of blank stares. Then just a lot of blank stares. Like one person in the back. It's like, wait, what? I'm like, ha ha ha. I'm funny, right? All right, let's go. <laughs> Just kidding. We uh, have video games. We, I have, I've, I've, I've got a bunch. A couple of which I probably won't talk about just because I don't really have much to say about them. I was gonna say I thought it was gonna be because I, because I, I won't care. Well, th- that will be most of the games I probably talk about. Oh, all right. I'll pretend to care. I'll do, I'll do my best to pretend to care. 
I appreciate it. So, yeah. Mutant Year Zero, Road to Eden. The game's so nice that they subtitled it twice. Wow, that's, I guess that's a long, very long title. Is, is there like a Mutant Year One? Nope. Is this the fir- this is the first game that makes it sound like it's both a prequel and a sequel at the same time? Yeah, yeah, it's it's a thing. It's uh, a weird right. fucking thing. That doesn't say much about their confidence to sell it, but okay. It does not, but which is kind of a shame because it's kind of all right. Like it's not a. I'm not gonna fucking sit here and go like, oh, it's so fucking. Amazing. But it it is a. It is a neat game. It didn't suck. Basically, I didn't yeah. feel ripped off when I played it. Yeah, no, it was a forty dollar game that felt justified as a forty dollar game. Well, that's it's more than you could ask a lot these days. Yeah, like it. When was the last time you saw like a real like B rated game? Like not not B rated as in like you know oh, on a great on a grading scale of A to F. No, just like a straight up game that was made for. That was made for not much, sold for not much, and your expectations were not much, but you still, so you came out pretty much liking the experience. Mm, I mean, I played a lot of those games lately. I don't know. There's just like, there's this dark period a couple years back where everything was either just a straight up indie game or a, or like a fucking triple A, or yeah, triple A disaster. I feel like the, the biggest game in like the recent decade that I give a solid B would be Mass Effect 3. Like it had flaws. No, that is a Parts of it I, that that is a that is a triple A game right there. Yeah, I know that. I'm I'm just saying that's what like the, it's, that's the, like, like what what game did you think was like not the greatest, but still you didn't feel too ripped off about it? I'd be like, that's how I felt about Mass Effect 3. You know, that 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 is a that might be a B. I'm talking about like a I'm talking about a not triple A game, a B game. Like, like it's not a some. That's not some weird indie thing. Oh, like I, th- some, I, th- I thought you meant grading scale. No, I said very much not on grade, not on a grading scale. Okay. So you, oh, so it's like a, it's like an independent game, but that is like hot, more advanced than Minecraft. It's in between independent and triple A. Okay. Like, uh, like Hellblade was another one. Hellblade Cinema Sacrifice. It was made by a like well-known developer, but for like a fifth the budget of a regular game without a super made without a super big publisher behind it. They just kind of made it. That's another kind of thing. Uh, put out by Funcom. You know them. Uh, developed by a developer I had never heard of. Uh, the game is a turn-based. It, it's kind of like XCOM, but with an open-world stealth element. That's interesting. Yeah, so so it's all isometric perspective, like, you know, XCOM. But you are free-roaming throughout all these different environments. You are running around, you're finding scrap and stuff. It is these little segmented areas where... So is it like is it like when it becomes battle, it becomes turn-based? Yes, exactly. Huh. Yeah, so you're running around. Uh, the enemies are running like on like you know stealth based uh, like paths essentially, and if you if you isolate an enemy and you manage to take them out without making noise or without any other enemy spotting you, you're able to essentially take them out in like one round of XCOM style combat and then go right back into the open world stuff. And that's kind of how the game's built. 
Uh, I had until I figured that out. I had a lot of fucking trouble with this game because it is hard. Specifically, the enemies hit very hard, even on like normal difficulty, which I'm playing on because I'm a bitch. But do you hit? Does the player hit very hard too? Not really. Oh, so it's one of those. It hits like XCOM. Like with I've, uh, I've played I played a couple games where like both sides just hit cr- crazily hard and like there might as well be no life meter ever because everybody's gonna one shot everyone. Uh, no, in in this multiple enemies uh, that I've like isolated, I had to go through an entire round of every single one of my dudes, like all three of my dudes, hitting them with like near crits to actually kill them. And they kill you with one hit, uh, two hits. So it's not quite hell or hell mode, but. Yeah, it's it's close though. Yeah, oh. uh, and there's also like a leveling system in there where where you will be, where you and your team you know level up as you go along, and there's a progression system there which I'll get into. But the enemies also have levels which will determine whether or not you should engage in combat with them. Because for, because for some of them it's like it's like all right yeah so we're all level five going through this area oh look a level five guy oh level three guy oh level twenty two what. And it, like, once you figure out the strategy of, of like, do they ice, attack you? Do they attack you anyway if you get too close? Uh, if you get too close, they will spot you and stuff. And if you give them a turn in combat, then they'll fucking scream out and let everyone else know. But if you're able to actually play the stealth side of things, because like even in the turn-based stuff, there is still an element of stealth because. Because, like, so long as you are hidden, you get, like, you get, like aim bonuses and stuff and, like, increases the chance to crit. And as if you're hidden, mo- will they, like, not attack you? Pardon? If if you're hidden, will they, like, not attack you until you attack first? Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, like, hell, if you're hidden at the start of combat, you can just straight up, like, not have your units in combat. Hmm. Like, like, like going into these early, going into, like, those, uh, like, single encounter things... I have to essentially thumb through like a brick of text that says, hey, your guy is not currently actively in combat. If you activate him, then he will be fired upon and he'll like have to do shit in combat and stay hidden and stuff. If you just leave him like this, the enemy won't know he's there and will treat him as if he doesn't exist. Hmm. Yeah, it's it's kind of it's kind of neat. Uh, you're also playing as you're also playing as weird animal mutant hybrid things. Because it's the post apocalypse, because of course it is. Is this oh? Is this the post-apocalyptic furry game? Yeah, I think I saw this advertised. Oh wow! Well, one of them because I think there's two. Oh Jesus, two? Maybe it's the other one. Yeah, I think. But just the fact, I think the fact Bioware's building one. Apocalyptic furry furry game. I was like, wow. Yeah, was it the one with the pig and the duck? I think so. Yeah. Yeah, that's this. I guess that's oddly specific. Yeah, so you're playing as a pig and a duck. Um, and then as you progress, you will find new allies and stuff that all that will all have their own fucking unique abilities and stuff. Um, currently, I am rolling with the pig, the duck, and the fox because the pig and the duck because the pig has like this really cool charge ability that just fucking like knocks dudes down and keeps them down for like three turns. And then the fox has a lot of um, has a lot of stuff that like interrupts um, mechanical enemies, like robots and stuff, which is great because the only robots we've encountered so far are robots that revive downed enemies. Oh wow! So if we can just turn those guys off for like three rounds of combat, that would be great. This is that game. I'm like, wow, this game looks this game looks kind of dumb. 
it's all right. I guess it's better. I guess it's better than I thought. Yeah, like story-wise, there's not really much here. Like, like they do have a story, and they do have um, like every time you go into a new area, they'll have like a banter kind of between the three people that you have in the party, uh, which is all voice acted and all like written. And all like, that's stupid to say. I'm, I'm a fucking idiot. But uh, they're like trying to give these guys personality and stuff, but no one really stands out as like a super interesting character. Uh, story wise, there's not a whole lot going on. It's just they are they. These guys live on the Ark, a safe haven-ish area from the ravaging creatures and fucking insane assholes that live out in the fucking wilds. Uh, you are scavengers who go out and look for supplies for the Ark. Uh, food, um, mechanical stuff, weapons, shit like that. As you go out, um, you begin to find kind of like, you begin to kind of get closer and closer to this idea of a place called Eden. Which is what you would expect a place called Eden to be. But it's perfect. Yeah, but everyone's like, ah, it's a myth. And then the pig man's like, no, it's real. I've seen, I've heard of it. A buddy of mine fucking. I've, I've been to Candy Mountain. <laughs> exactly. And yeah, just kind of from there, um, you just go around into these different, like, close off areas. And once you clear an area of enemies, then that area is clear for the rest of the game, at least so far as I've played. That means you can't grind. Uh, no, you can't. But you don't super need to. Like, I, I've been playing just kind of... I've been playing, like, not super, like, focused on doing all this other shit. But I have, I've been playing... I've been just playing straight, kind of going through. And I have been increasing my level at a pretty decent clip that I have not felt super under-leveled whenever, whenever I go into an area. There have been like one or two times where it's like, oh, I'm level nine. These guys are level 15. Fuck me, I guess. Let's go fucking gorilla this shit. Which I think is how you're supposed to, which is how you're supposed to play the game. And so far, I have not, like, I've not felt like under leveled in terms of progression stuff because that is the big thing. As you level up, you progress through and you get new mutations. Uh, these give you new abilities, but then they also, you can also use them to increase your fucking health and stuff so is the main character like not a furry uh no all the main characters are furries i mean oh sorry with, there, there, well, there is, is like, there is no main character, character. oh yeah you're, the main character is the squad of three that you control and you can swap those guys out um so far of the characters i've gotten two of them are human yeah i believe i have five characters right now and two of them are human looking Okay. Uh, one of the one of them is a girl that has been shown in the promotional material for this, where she has a little, little horn kind of coming out of the side of her head. Yeah, I've seen her. And the other one is a man who is half robot, and they are, for all intended purposes, human. But then I have the pig, I have the fucking duck, and I have the fox. And I think the pig is named Borman, and the duck is named Ducks, with an X. Of course he is. Yeah. Of course they are. Uh, yeah. Uh, that, that sounds like a bad Looney Tunes character. Kind of. Looks like one too. Uh, but yeah. Um, going throughout the environments, uh, you also find uh, armor 
and hats. That's kind of the big thing. You get, you get different hats for your dudes that give them, you know, stat bonuses and stuff. What is it with games and hats? People like hats. I mean, I like hats too, but still. Also, hats are kind of the easiest thing to put on a character that does, that requires, I guess, the less design or the least amount of design. Because you could just stick it on top of their model's head, and that's the end of that. Yeah, exactly. Like with clothes, it's like okay, this got to fucking fit right on this. This got to go there. This got to go there. With a hat, it's just it's just head go in hole. Do they have ears? Ears go through hat. At least this hat doesn't have eyes. Like actually, that's like hats are pretty much the only like ears and hats are pretty much the only real thing where like clipping might be intentional. We don't want to have to put holes in the hat, so we'll just have the ears clip through the hat. The ears just clip it. It's just magic. We don't have to explain it. <laughs> uh, and yeah, uh, the other things you find in the area, uh, the other things you find in the environment are weapons. Or at the very least, parts to build weapons. Uh, well, I say build. More like just buy weapons. Um, and some of them are silent, some of them are not. And that's kind of where the stealth stuff comes in. Like, like uh, I think on the team I have right now, I have Ducks, who has a crossbow. And then I have Borman and the Fox, who both have silenced pistols and shotguns. And then Ducks also has a sniper rifle that isn't silenced. So they go, what was that noise? Yeah. They walk over there. I think it was a sniper rifle, sir. Who turned out the light? What? What makes you think that? Well, points to a guy with a massive hole through his head. Point taken. Yeah, it's, the game is the game is interesting. Like, I like it from a mechanical perspective. I like it. Uh, I like playing it. I like um, like, like look wise. It doesn't do anything beyond post apocalypse, but for the most part, it does it well. Uh, character design wise, I like to look a lot. I like I like to look at this game a lot. It just doesn't have anything really, really grasp me in terms of story, which is kind of the one of the biggest blades of this kind of game so far. Like, there's nothing, there's nothing really to keep me, there's nothing really to keep me pushing forward. Like with XCOM, with XCOM, like story wise, yeah, there's not really much there either. But what's there is the fucking base development. So on top of going out of these missions, you also have this fucking home base that you're building up. And in order to build it up, time has to pass. And when time passes, fucking alien shit happens. So there's always something kind of pushing you forward to the next thing. With this, the only thing really pushing you forward is the story. But the, the story, story is the story is not that good. Exactly. It sounds like it's kind of an excuse to be, to be like post-apocalyptic furries with guns. Kind of. That's really all. I mean, like, if you're not into that, you shouldn't be playing this game. Yeah, kind of. I was kind of into that. Because I assumed there'd be more of a story because it looked like there would be characters and stuff. But there's just kind of not. I mean, it's there, but it's not really for me. It's like the Zootopia video games. (laughs) Where it's like furries. And that's about it. No, it's furries and race relations. That's what Zootopia is. 
Also, Zootopia is Disney begging you to stop asking questions about how fucking the two main characters fuck. Magic. <laughs> just this weird kind of this weird semi grounded world of humanoid animals, and all of a sudden, fucking Judy just Judy hospitals that her fucking carrot turns into a magic wand and then makes the dude's dick work like a fucking rabbit dick. Somehow, <laughs> just 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 don't question these things. I have to. Question. I don't think about that, and neither should you. I have to question them because there is a weirdly in depth comic out there that d- d- delves into their fucking relationship. And I found that shit by accident and then read all of it. Like, just just be happy we didn't make the giant movie. <laughs> I, I was looking forward to the giant movie. Yeah, until until they were, they were basically like, we're just going to get a, a massive amount of giantess fetishes and nothing else. This is a bad idea. They already have that. It's called the Internet, man. Yeah, I know. Like, if, if, Dis- yeah. if Disney's whole fucking modus for this shit is... We only make things that people won't make porn of. They won't make things. <laughs> it's literally on the list of rules. The one rule that people who think about the rules of the internet know about is rule 34. If it exists, there is porn of it. If it exists, there's porn of it somewhere. Hell, it would not goddamn surprise me if the fucking people making that movie were the ones who made the porn of it. Probably. They're like, damn, our excuse is ruined. Yeah, like 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 they show, they show all the fucking dudes the concept art. It's like, all right, here's the all right, here's the giant, here's the giant child, here's the giant child's mom, and then one motherfucker just immediately starts sketching her getting fucking railed. Like, yeah, it's just a rough pencil sketch, but it is porn of it. It, it exists, thus there is porn of it. Hell, if people knew we existed, there'd be porn of us. I'm gonna say people are probably yeah. There's probably some listeners like man, I'd I'd make I'd make such great yell point right now, except I don't know what either of them look. Like. I'll just picture it. No, you don't even know. You don't even know to look. They need to know what we look like. Like, like I basically have I basically have through these podcasts put out what the canon version of me is, which is a skeleton with a beard. That's about it. That's all you get. That's all you need to know. Go fucking nuts, internet, please. Validate my existence. <laughs> I remember like back like five years into doing this. I was like, if someone draws the day that I find artwork that someone made of me getting fucked in the ass, I'll know I have made it on the internet. That the day is yet to come. And it's been nine years. Well, give it time. I've given it nine years. Ugh. Anyway, moving on from that stuff. I'm going to say, so anything else about this post-apocalyptic furry game? Uh, no, not really. Oh, uh, yeah, so moving on from there. Um, a game that I got for free, had no expectations of, and ended up fucking really loving. Uh, Horizon, Horizon Chase Turbo. Is that a racing game? Yes, it is. Yeah, this was a game Sounds that was like uh, released, I believe, well, it was released a while back, but it was put onto the, uh, it was like last month's uh, PS Plus game. It was like this in Detroit. PS Plus, the thing I don't pay for and can't have. I I think it's worth it. 
for anyone out there who's on the fence about it, I think it's worth it. But um, yeah, so look at this. Yeah, this is, I, I kind of just downloaded this game and installed it because I'm like, yeah, I might as well play one of these games. And it's not going to be fucking Detroit. So I tried it out, and it is a throwback to like those old school style of racing games where it's like behind the back as the as the road like builds itself in front of you almost. Like uh, what the fuck's that Sega one? Fuck. Um, I'm trying to fucking remember. God damn it. Ridge Racer? No, not Ridge Racer. Ugh, fuck. Okay, yeah, fucking whatever. Um, yeah, it is a it is one of those style of games where it is a like behind the back driving game where if you were like you hit you hit one of the fucking walls of the of the track and your car just kind of like j- like jukes around for a second. If you hit something that's like in the road, then your car fucking flips over, ass over tea kettle, and then keep gr- and you keep going. And yeah, Desert I just, demolition, pardon? road blast. I'm just reading off Sega racing games. Yeah, I have no idea what the fuck any of them are. So just the people who know know. Okay. All right. We'll go with that. Yeah, and. Yeah, not a whole lot to say about the game. It's just it's just very simple and very fun. Like I really fucking enjoyed every second of playing this thing. And I played a lot of it. Uh I in this in this game there's an endurance mode and I played 107 races in a back to back in a row. Wow. I mean I I really don't like racing games, so Yeah, I just Yeah, I kind of I I'm I'm kind of like lukewarm on racing games. Like if it's a, if it's a good driving game that I will enjoy it for the most part, but like the super in-depth ones I'm way more into like arcade racing games. Like like this one actually. Uh where it's just it's all very simple, very uh very like light and colorful. Um the the entire worlds, like all the worlds of this game take place in uh because <laughs> like the, the game is kind of divided up into uh, different countries, and then those countries are subdivided into like different areas in that country. And so you'll have like you know cultural touchstones from those different areas, like those different parts of the world, kind of just around the track. Like at one point you go to like an Easter Island style thing, and so like the so like the arrows that point in the direction of a turn that's coming up, those are Easter Island heads, and kind of shit like that. And yeah, you there. It's you and nineteen other computer racers, and then you have to just try to go and get first. Uh, as you are driving around the track, uh, you have to pick up gas because your car can eventually run out of fuel. Uh, you can occasionally pick up extra turbo boosts, and they also have coins uh, just kind of scattered around the racetrack. Uh, and if you collect all of them, then you get first place. You get a super trophy, and thus I spent multiple times restarting races because I missed a single coin, and I'm like, well, fuck, I got to start this over again. Oh no! Reminds me of Diddy Kong Racing with the stupid coins. <laughs> and that's why I never finished that game. Uh, yeah, I hundred percented this. Like I got, every, like, I finished, look, I finished I every like, race like, in first look, place. Look, every I, coin. I can finish the tracks, but if you want me to get like eight coins while also getting first place, screw that. <laughs> you're, asking, you're asking too much of me. 
Yeah, racing, that that was fine. Racing plus another thing, that's a bridge too far, buddy. Yeah. Well, I got, it's, it's, no, it's like, it's like you have to collect all the coins and you also have to come in first. And yeah. I was just like, I can't do that. That's too much. That's why I didn't ever race in this game. Uh, but yeah, environments, uh, environment wise is still, uh, everything is very low poly, Like it's not a whole lot of detail, a lot of stuff. And it gives it like a, gives it like a nice, gives like a relatively unique looking kind of thing. Like it's stuff that you've seen before, but like modernized in a very weird way that still feels retro. If that makes any fucking sense. I am a game reviewer. Yeah, I think I sort of know what you're talking about. Yeah, it's just a very, it's a very simple, fun game. I, that's all I can say. That's all I got. I am good at this. Uh, moving on from there to another kind of weird game, uh, Way of the Passive Fist. So, Way of the Passive Fist does is mean, does that mean like you refuse to hit anyone? Uh, the most uh, no, you still hit people. Uh, but the main thing that you do is uh, parry and dodge people's attacks till they tire themselves out and poke them in the forehead. Oh, it's one of those things. Yeah, it is. Uh, it is a like side-scrolling beat-up style game. But the you know unique unique thing about it is that you don't actually have an attack. Like you eventually unlock an attack through leveling up, but your main mode of defense is enemies walk up to you. They will attack you in predetermined patterns. You will block and or dodge those attacks until they start going. Until they start going, <laughs> and then you just tap in the forehead and they fall over and die. And it's really fucking cool. Uh, it's also very fucking hard. It may just be because I suck at it, but I there were a couple of bosses in there were a couple of like bosses or enemies in this game where if you do not get the pattern down basically immediately, you're fucked. Yeah, defensive defensive end like games can be hard. Yeah, so like, I always get a bad ranking in Metal Gear because I kill everyone. Yeah, uh, one of the one of the worst encounters with this I had so far was there was this dude who like would like make these uh, plant monsters and he would like walk around the screen, but there was no way to actually attack him directly. Like up till now, what it would be is like like a guy would like throw a knife at you and then you would fucking dodge back, which result in you catching it and throwing it back at him and it kills him instantly, or you would like build up this like super punch thing and then just punch him with it. You couldn't get close to this motherfucker because as soon as you did, a giant unavoidable tail would come out of no would come out of the fucking top of his tank and stab you, taking half your health. So instead what you had to do is you had to wait for him to like generate a bunch of these fucking plant things, dodge them while keeping out of range of his tail until you get a, until you could get a high enough combo counter, and then once you got it, you then did a you know like a ground pound kind of thing that's another shockwave that actually dealt him damage. Hmm. And it was a fucking bitch. Because in those early stages, like the, like the, the countdown fucking the countdown on the fucking combo stuff goes by pretty fucking quick. Or at the very least quick enough to be a fucking pain in the ass if you're dodging around. And so if you get hit once, you lose your entire combo. If you miss a dodge, you lose an entire combo. If you miss a parry, you lose your combo. Meanwhile, this guy is slowly walking around the entire like edge of the map of the edge of the screen you're on, just summoning more dudes you have to fucking deal with. 
and it got it got harrowing. It sounds tedious. Uh, it wasn't it wasn't so much tedious. Like like the like the mechanics like the uh, the mechanic of like the actual like parrying and dodging and stuff that all. I think I think it is fun enough to carry a game. It doesn't sound super engaging, but it. I think it does. I think it does enough for. Like feeling how you played, it. it feels almost like a rhythm game at times, where you just, where you just gotta like try to match the beat of these different of these different like notes that coming down and kind of something like that. It, it, it scratches that same kind of itch of like a guitar hero or like a fucking frequency or something or amplitude. Uh, the biggest problem I probably have with it is like aesthetic wise. Just because I, I am not a big fan of palette swaps, and so it kind of sucks that there are only like six types of enemies in the entire game. Oh, that sounds kind of annoying. Like they do a bit to change it up, like they change the attack patterns on them. They change up uh, the speed at which they throw out attacks, but it's still just, it's still just hey, like like um, like one of the enemies is. Hey, it's a lady. She's wearing a brown, like torn fabric bikini with like with like a with like a brown shaved mohawk. And then we meet a new lady who is a dark skinned lady wearing a red torn fabric bikini with a green shaved mohawk. I mean, it fits that retro aspect where, like, in most of the old games, like that, it's like, hey, there's like five enemy types and then a million different colors of them. Yeah, but then also, then also in terms of aesthetic, uh, they just like design wise, there's not a whole lot like there's not a whole lot of like shit and meshing these characters together because some of the enemies are some of the enemies are like a kung fu style like you know fucking martial artist where they have like the wide brim like Japanese hat like straw hat and then like as they're coming up you beat them and then they and then you got another like big fat guy coming out who's wearing fucking sunglasses and like a fucking Egyptian do rag style thing. And a vest, and then you have those fucking like, and then you have those weird post-apocalyptic girls. Then you have post-apocalyptic guys, and then you have fucking scene kids who like skate around on rollerblades and wear fucking like uh, surgical masks with bear faces printed on them or something. I think you just have robots, and it just there it, it doesn't mesh super well with anything that's really seen. They don't, don't mesh well. They don't mesh well super well with the environment. They don't mesh super well with each other. It's just this weird dissonance kind of thing where I'm just like sitting or I'm just like sitting here and then an enemy comes out. It's like, what the fuck are you doing here? What sense do you make? That is not the point of this game, but it is still a thing that bugs me about it. What sense do I make? I'm here to fight you randomly in the middle of the street. Design aesthetic matters. God damn it. It is a game after all. Yeah. I think I'm on like the final boss or close to the final boss right now, and he is whipping my ass. Because his whole thing is that he will have he he like just he, he summons like tentacles from the floor to come and stab at you, and yet and like if an enemy attacks you from behind, you can't parry that. You have to be facing the direction they're par- they're attacking you from. Damn sneak attacks. Yeah, and so it's like. So it's like, all right, this, t- this tentacle can come out of you. Whoops, it's behind you. Whoops, behind you. Whoops, in front of you. And I can't react fast enough to actually be able to get it yet. 
And then immediately after that, he fucking floats around and fires laser beams out of his goddamn chest that are very hard to dodge, especially considering that you can't dodge straight up or down. Because there's a small little, like, dash action that you can do, uh, and you can only dash straight, back, or at an angle. Which, that fucked me a bunch of times. Where, oh, I'm stuck in this corner. Enemies surrounding me. Oh, I gotta avoid this laser thing. Well, better fucking just dodge straight up. Whoops, I can only dodge slightly forward and up. And then I get hit by the fucking laser and die. So, yeah. Yeah, this, this game kind of lives and dies on its mechanic. And the mechanic is enough to get you through the game. And I think that's... It sounds interesting, but it sounds like it did get uh, tedious after a while. Again, it's I, playing the playing the game is kind of similar to playing a rhythm game for me, where I'm where I'm just like you know listening for audio cues or listening to, or like looking at, um, looking at like the next note coming down the highway. And I have a lot of fun. With, I have a lot of fun with rhythm games. Uh, they do get they do get like tired after a while once you have seen everything. But so far, there's been enough new stuff and like figuring out how to deal with different attack patterns and stuff like that have been keeping me have been keeping me engaged so far. It has been a bit frustrating at times, but not so much that I want to actually quit playing the game. Just kind of a just kind of I need to take a break from it and then get back to it. Yeah, we have the passive fist. I think it was on sale when I got it for like five bucks off. Cost me, I think I think it cost me like fifteen twenty. Yeah, check it out. It's on a bunch of different platforms. Uh, moving on from there uh, to a different game that was released just recently on PS Plus, Sniper Elite Four. <laughs> Shoot Nazis in the balls. I've actually gotten more eye shots than ball shots, but I've still got my fair share of ball shots. Do you get extra points for ball shots? Kinda. Oh. Yeah, you get sides in your brain. I mean, yeah, yeah, you get more experience. I think for like organ shots than you do just for standard infantry kills. So like headshot, eye shot, lung shot, heart shot, and ball shot. I think all do a bit more than just infantry kill. So um, for those who don't know, Sniper Elite um, series developed by Rebellion, uh, UK developer. Uh, and the whole big thing with it is that you are is that you know playing as a sniper, you shoot people from very far away. To keep that from getting tedious, they go for the X-ray kill, where where the where the camera will actually track the bullet as it flies over to them, hits them, and then you'll actually see their fucking skeleton turn into fucking confetti as a sniper bullet tears through them. Yeah, yeah exactly. And. It's a very simple mechanic. It's a very simple idea to build a game around. But so far, they've made four of them. And they've all been relatively popular within the right circles. So I think it's a decent enough mechanic to base it around. Similar kind of thing to what you were talking about with uh, the like, like way of the passive fist, where it could get monotonous after a while and tedious. But there's also, a, there's also the rest of the game around it. Also, it sounds like shooting people in various ways is a lot less tedious than uh, you must defeat these guys, but only by dodging. Kind of, yeah. Like, like there, there have been times where it has gotten a bit not tedious, just kind of, just kind of a bit boring-ish. Just mainly because you get into an area and 
It's like, all right, so in order to keep people from noticing you, you have to, ma- you have to mask your shot with the sound of other sounds in the area. Um, like one of the first levels you go into, there are planes on a, rot- on a flying on a rotation overhead. And then if you fucking, if you like match up your shot with a plane going overhead, then the sound of the plane will mask your bullet. Another one was a, was like a Nazi, uh, fucking, what is it? Uh, like anti-air, like more, like military, like fucking, um, mortar. I don't, I don't super know. I think it's, I think it's an artillery cannon. Uh, yeah, it's firing, it's firing off a volley every couple seconds. And so when it, when it fires, you got to fucking get there and then blap. And that can be a bit tedious, but that is assuming that you care about your your shots being masked by the sound of other things. For the most part, you can just kind of go in there and just, all right, pop, run, pop, run. I was going to say, do, do you like immediately lose if they hear you or is it? Uh, no, if you, if they hear, if they hear the shot go off and they'll begin searching the area. And then if they see you take the shot, then they will just go, okay, that's last known position. Fucking go get him. And you are a very weak boy. Like if, like if essentially if two dudes manage to start opening fire on you, you're basically dead. Because the game is also a stealth game. Ah, uh, yes. But so you can't just run around soaking up fire and laughing at them. Oh, fuck no. You you run out there and, and you will and be then, fucking and dead then in seconds. a med kit to be fine. You have a med kit, but you can't use it while you're moving. Oh. So the idea with, the idea with this game is to find, an, it's find like a vantage point, tag a bunch of enemies, and then just wait for a fucking sound to go overhead and then just fucking pop them off one by one. Or if you're lucky, two by two, because bullets go through people. So you, you can have a shot where you shoot someone, and then the fucking camera like does the X-ray thing. You watch a lung fucking explode, and all of a sudden the camera, all of a sudden the camera just pans right next to him as the bullet then continues and goes through some dude's eye. That happened once, and it was fucking amazing. And in Sniper Elite Three, there is a mission where you can get five nut shots in a row from a single bullet. Wow. Yeah, uh, it's the one where you have to go kill Hitler. When you fucking when Hitler like kind of steps down, or like like touches down in the area or whatever, uh, a group of soldiers are like you know line up. It's like you know fucking doing the fucking hiles and whatever. And then you can just fucking be in the be in a bush. It's like yeah, all right, and a three, and a two, and a boop, and then just as fucking ten nuts explode, and then five dudes just drop over dead. You shoot Hitler in the face. I was gonna say was one of them Hitler because that would be like the. Hitler being the last one would just be, you know, that would be amazing way to close that out. Uh, but no, unfortunately Hitler was standing in front of them. So he wasn't in the line. Oh, uh, but yeah, the thing that, the thing that always gets me with these games, like I played sniper elite two or sorry, sniper elite V two a bit. I played the Nazi zombie army game and I also played sniper elite three. The thing that I fucking love about these games, the thing that I'm surprised more games like this don't do is they have a customizable difficulty. Where you're able to set the AI like difficulty and the difficulty of shooting as two separate entities. So the thing I love doing in this game is going in, setting all of the enemy AI and their damage and stuff to the lowest possible setting, and then cranking up the difficulty and everything involved with the shooting because gravity, wind, bullet drop, um, environmental stuff, all of that factors in when you're taking a fucking shot with this in this game. But 
uh, they have the aim assist thing where you like hold your breath to steady your shot, and then as you do, a little like diamond appears on in your in your reticle that shows basically where you're supposed to be. Um, what is it? Where you're supposed to be positioning your fucking gun in relation to your target. Which is just kind of great. Yeah, yeah, the, yeah, the game on fucking easy mode, but guess the fuck what? I'm not here for challenge. I'm here to shoot dudes' dicks off. I'm here for not having that here for challenge. I'm here for aiming. Yeah, I'm certainly not here for the fucking story, which I skip all the cutscenes for. I'm pretty sure the story is Nazis are bad. Go kill them. Basically, but there's okay. like characters and stuff, and you're playing a dude who's like known. But yo, fuck that shit. Nazis are bad. Shoot them in the balls. That's enough. That's enough. That's enough for me for this game. I thoroughly enjoy all the Sniper Elite games. This is another kind of this is another kind of like B the like a kind of B game for me. Like even though it is released for like a full 60 bucks, uh just this thing that's built around a core solid mechanic with the rest of the game or with the game, with the game surrounding it just being kind of all right. Like these games, I feel, should be like forty or fifty bucks instead of the, instead of the usual sixty or seventy. For a price, <laughs> yeah, I expected a discount. Yeah, I don't know, man. I'm just fucking really enjoying this game. I am. If you have PS Plus, fucking give this game a chance. It is, it is great. And then finally, Dragon Ball Fighter Z. I finally got that. Oh. Yes, that's an older one. Yes, uh, well, kind of. It's the most recent one. When did that come out? Uh, like 2017? I think. Let me double check. Uh, Dragon Ball Fighter Z. Uh, no, 2018. It came out last year. Oh. Huh. Well, yeah, it's just a fucking great fighting game. Fucking Arc System Works knows how to make a fucking fighting game. Uh, they took all the tech and all the shit that they kind of implemented in the Guilty Gear Xrd games, and then brought that over to Dragon Ball and just made a fucking straight up amazing spectacle fighter. I don't, I don't know how to talk about fighting games. So it's just, it's really good. It's good. Yeah, a thing that I am finding that I'm surprisingly lovely about this is in the story mode. Yamcha knows that he is trash. Yeah, that's that's been a that's been a running thing. He's like, yeah, I suck. I know it. Yeah, like uh, like the whole play, the whole story mode thing is that um, the various Dragon Ball characters, um, these waves have been kind of like radiating out throughout the world, and clones of Dragon Ball characters have been wreaking havoc on the world. Meanwhile, the real Dragon Ball characters have been. Uh, rendered unconscious because of the waves, and they are barely able to fight. But luckily, they have a new ally, which is a disembodied soul that just kind of hangs out in Goku, a.k.a. the player. And so you just go around and get these fucking fighters back up and then go on a weird little, like, board game-style quest thing of just, all right, I'm going to fight this guy. No, I'm going to fight this guy. Now I'm going to fight this guy. And at one point, Yamcha goes into a fight where the lead clone is a Yamcha clone, and he, see, and he sees himself, and he's like, you know what? No, it's finally time to show these guys. I can fucking fight. I'm a good fighter. I'm a part of this team. Time to show them Yamcha, Yamcha can finally beat uh, himself. And then like, a couple of times where like, uh, 
where like uh, he and Piccolo are talking and Piccolo just shits on him. There was one point in the thing after we after we rescued Gohan, uh, where he where he just wakes up and goes, "Dad, Piccolo's here too." I kind of expected him to go, "Dad, Goku's here too." Just Piccolo fucking raised that kid. I have abandonment issues. Ah, <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's a it's a team based fighter where you guys where you pick teams of three, and then. You do what teammates fighters do. They call in, for, call in for assists, swap out stuff. You do fucking combos together, shit like that. Out. It's a fighting game. It's a fighting game, and it has a new Dragon Ball waifu, which is the most important part. Yep, uh, Android twenty one. Yes. Okay. That's all right. Really, that's really the most important thing people. Talk yeah, that that, that is it. that is all anyone needed. It's like, oh hey, look, it's girl, and she's in hot pants. It's like, you know, yeah, it's like, yeah, yeah, I mean, uh, it's a good game and all, but, you know, like, new new female Majin, whatever creature, waifu, that's all we need. Yeah. I'm sure they were fixed shipping her with every character in the series, like, about three days after the game came out. About three seconds after the game. About three seconds after the character was introduced in the trailer. I'm going to say, yeah, probably the, the, instant, the instant there was art. The second some motherfucker saw that thing, it's like, she's fucking everyone. The, the ruby effect. <laughs> exactly. It's like people people were making ship art the instant there was more than one character design out there. Yeah. Just some straight up waifu bait. Before anyone knew their names or their personalities or anything about them other than, hey, here we are. Yup. Uh, but yeah, it's it's a kind of a four button fighter. Uh, you got light, medium, heavy, and then key blasts. So I don't know if that counts as a four-button fighter. Uh, but pretty much every character uh, plays very similar, at least in terms of like, how their moves are done. It's all just quarter circles forward, back, and then you yeah, have the fucking enhanced move with key charge. Uh, one thing they did add for this was uh, Vanish, which is the which is like the teleport behind him. N- like nothing personal kid kind of thing. And that uses a bar of, and it uses like a bar of energy. But yeah, like you can just get in here and just fucking slap the shit out of your controller and still actually have a satisfying match. You'll still get your fucking ass kicked, but it'll at least look impressive. I was, I was going to say, I'm sure there's like people that have like mastered the art of everything about this game. Oh yeah, absolutely. Like, like, uh, just did you, you see, uh, do you watch any of this year's Evo? Uh, no, I did not. Yeah. So, uh, they, they showed, uh, they, like I checked out the, uh, like the Dragon Ball fighters fa- finals, which was a uh, Goichi versus Sonic Fox, and Goichi won that thing. And the second he won, you see him fucking visibly start convulsing and crying. And it is like one of the most like heartfelt, sincere, emotional reactions I've seen around a video game in a long time. And it was fucking beautiful. I'm like wow, that's 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 serious dedication right there. Yeah, and then Sonic Fox, who's like one of the best fucking fighting game players in the world, just. Immediately just starts hugging him like, yo, fucking man, good job, dude. Just real honest to God sportsmanship up there. I was say he was he was a good sport of things. He wasn't like, no. Oh no, he was like curses I've been defeated. Oh no, he got he got fucking worked and then was smiling afterwards, like, hey man, fucking great games. Like just real cool about it. Uh Sonic Fox seems like a pretty cool dude. 
I would have gotten away with it too if it wasn't for you. <laughs> it wasn't for you meddling furries. And your fight sticks. Anyway. Yeah, that's all I got. Just I played games. Some are good. Some are less good. Video games. I'm a vooer. Yay. Anyway, that's all I got. Alex, what are you playing? Uh, <laughs> I, have to th- I have to think. <laughs> I, I haven't been on here in like two months. You gotta fucking start <laughs> writing notes, dude. What have I been? What have I played recently? Notes? <laughs> Who does that? Me. Hey, open up the fucking sticky notepad application on my fucking computer and then just write down everything I play. It's like, what did I? What did I play that I haven't already talked about before? That's gonna be a short fucking show. Uh, probably. God damn it! So, so I went. So I so I went back to that not Persona game that I I I mentioned I had just started called uh, Tokyo Xanadu, which is like kind of like Persona in that oh no there's there's strange metaphysical stuff going on and these high schoolers have to do something about it with their magic powers. I do not Except, remember this game. Okay, well I I think I only talked about it for five minutes. All right, well, so you play you play as this guy named Ko, who is standard snarky. Well, I'm, an, I'm an anime protagonist. What's up? Yeah, basically, he's like, yeah, I'm an I'm an anime protagonist, and uh, yeah, he he lives a lot. Well, he he lives like I forget. I think he lives with like his friend in like a, a room or something, and he does part time jobs because, of course, he does. Yeah, naturally, because because his parents aren't around because we can't have that. Yeah, no. What to have your parents around? Don't don't you don't you know that parental abandonment is the fucking cornerstone of all entertainment? So no, I mean, he, he lives with he lives with like I think he lives with like his childhood friends' family or in, in one of their spare rooms or something. It's okay though. He does he doesn't live in a coffee shop with a grumpy guy that like hates him at first. So we'll yeah, what are you doing here, fucking fucking crimeys? No, he's not a criminal. <laughs> he's he's not a hard he's not a hardened criminal. One one minor assault case where he pushed a guy down. So yeah, hey, one night on the way stop back, hurting, stop stop attacking that lady. Well, you're going to fucking jail, kid. That's what you get for stepping out of turn in Japan. Don't you know? I'm rich. So one day, after coming back from one of his part-time jobs, or rather one one mysterious evening, because of course nothing nothing important happens in Japan during the daytime. Never. He sees he sees a a uh, he he runs into a, a bunch of you know random thugs, which you know. Also tends to happen in Japan. You run into a bunch of delinquents in the middle of the night. Yeah, totally. And, I played uh, play Yakuza. And then, and then, thing gets, then things get all trippy. And uh, this random door shows up out of nowhere. Like literally in the middle of thin air. Nice. There's like a mysterious mysterious door with like cursed looking seals on it and everything. And uh, and this this girl shows up. And she's like, yeah, don't definitely don't follow me in here. And then she goes in. So naturally... He goes in because he's like, I must protect this girl. Yeah, of course. Who he, he he vaguely knows as this mysterious girl in his class that nobody really knows too much about. And he's never talked to much before. If I save her, maybe she'll hold hands with me. Which means he only knows her last name. 
Well, that's that's fair, I guess. That's Japan. And and they go in, and she summons this magic rapier thing, and starts killing these random monsters that happen to be in this in this mysterious subspace, which kind of looks like a JRPG dungeon. <laughs> oh, how weird! Like a random temple. Wait, wait. Like a, a random <laughs> temple with with hallways and uh, switches that you have to hit to proceed. How strange! I know. And it's like, wait a minute. It's a it's a weird kind of non non Euclidean looking fucking European style fucking tomb. Wait, no, it's impossible. I have never seen a JRPG before. So he follows. So so he follows it to the end, and then like the monsters attack him. And he's like, "Oh no, I'm going to die." Wait, no, I'm too cool. Yeah, look at my jacket. I'm awesome. And then he activates his not persona, but instead his uh, his weapon, which is this gauntlet thing with a chain sword that comes out. Of course it is. Of course it is. And every and and they're like, "Wow, that's a really stupid looking weapon." Like even for a JRPG. I threw your fuck How fuck you, dude? And just runs off a stab somewhere. Yeah. I mean, they don't actually hit it, but they're like, "Wow, what an un- what an unusual, gaudy looking weapon you have there." I only have a sword. Uh-huh. I want a JRPG protagonist who is just super self conscious. That is not this guy. Like, I want that. I know. I know it's not this guy, and it'll probably never happen. But I kind of want that. Just like you start start the game, and there's this guy, and he gets his fucking persona power or whatever. And then the first thing someone says is like, that's your persona? Looks kind of weird. And he's like, no, it doesn't. Shut up. And then runs away. I'm cool, too. I'm the coolest. I'm in charge. <laughs> no, no, no. He's like, he's like this snarky, like, uh, I don't have time for these animation Anakin's kind of guy. Yeah, real, real flippant right. motherfucker. He's like, he's like all right, I guess, I guess I'll fight the monsters. Yeah, combat. I guess I'll com- fight, the monst- I guess fight the monsters with my whip sword. Yeah, combat starting. He has one hand on his hip, just fucking puts his, puts his head down, closes his eyes, just kind of flips his hand in the air. It's like, oh, this again. It's like, oh, what a pain. It's like, oh, a monster's attacking me. A yawn. So he kills. So he kills them, and she tries to erase his memory so he doesn't remember any of this. And then they, then the next day, he's like, yo, so I still remember all that. <laughs> She didn't like stick around to see if it took. Just like, all right, erase memory. Bye. She's not. No, she erases her memory with her phone. Because oh oh, yeah, that's that's the thing. Much like Persona Five, like everything is based around like your not smartphone, where like people send messages and there's like programs on and everything. Because I guess that's the big thing in Japan these days. Yeah. It's like smartphone. No, she 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 activates the brainwash app and holds it in front of his eyes, and then she just. (laughs) And he's like, that was weird. He, I mean, I mean, it, I mean, it works for like a little bit, but then like a couple of minutes later, he's like, wait, no, I remember what happened. And so, so then the next day he's like, yeah, so, um, why did we go into a creepy dungeon last night? And she's like, oh no, you must be one of the special ones. Wait, didn't she see okay, him th- summon a weapon? Yeah. So why would she not know that? Uh, apparently, apparently there's like, there's like special and then there's special. So she's like, all right, well, look, just keep this to yourself and don't go into any more of the creepy dungeons. 
<laughs> fuck that. I'm a professional. I'll take care of this. Fuck that. We have to fill 50 hours of content, dude. And he's like, well, initially he's like, all right, fine. Oh, right. Yeah. And he doesn't care. I didn't, Thus he is cool. He's, finally, he's like, all right, fine. I, I don't really want to get involved in your, in your weird shenanigans anyway. But then his, his, his quote, his underclassman friend who he hasn't seen in a while decides that, well, no, he meets her in the park somewhere and they're talking about something. And then like a dungeon door shows up and she gets sucked into it. And he's like, so he's oh, like no. oh, well, if, if I lose, if I lose my underclassman, I'll lose fucking credibility. I gotta go in and get he's, her. Yeah. So he goes, look, he goes, look, all right. I didn't, I didn't care about it. When it was curiosity, but we have to save my friend. He's yeah, going to save my right. friend. Yeah. And then she's like, all right, fine. I guess you can help. It would have been great. Like it, I, I don't, I don't, I don't know what happens next, but it would have been great because I'm assuming this doesn't happen. If like his friend gets sucked in, goes like, oh, we gotta go save her, and the next guy comes around and say, like, hey, someone fell in, okay, and just walks away. I mean, <laughs> is that, that's not really what happens. Yeah, well, because like I said, that would have been great if that would have been what happened because that would fit his character so much better than anything else. Be- well, because well, the thing is, because because you you go in, and uh, she also activates a special not persona magical weapon. Only this is just like gauntlets for her to punch things with. Well, of course, because she does karate. Yeah. And uh, yeah, and finally he's like he's like, all right, look, if doors are just going to open up and suck people in at random times, maybe we might want to do something about this. Oh, re- oh man, this, these fucking doors just people can suck people in. It just really harshened my fucking style, dude. So here's what we gotta do. We gotta stop them, and then everyone will be fucking sick, and everyone will fucking love me, and then I'll suck my dick. All right? Does that sound cool to everybody? Something like, something like that. If I save the world, then I am cooler. So, she, so she's like, "All right, fine. You can help me, I guess, occasionally, but but don't go sticking your nose into any more of this business than you have to, because I'm a professional." She says that like several times. She works for this mysterious organization that sends her texts to go check out the the demon doors. Sounds real professional. Yeah. I remember all those times I had a job and I got fucking told what to do through text message. Yeah. And, uh, and then it's basically, it's kind of, it's kind of like, you know, persona where like, it's like you, you run, you run into this character who's seems unusually important for this chapter and then they get sucked into the demon door and then you go in to find them and then they're like, Oh, Yara, Yara, along with your shenanigans anymore. Power up. And then they get a, and then they get a random weapon, and then they join the party. Oh, and, and, also, this isn't a, and then oh, it's been a long day. I better go to sleep. I actually, though, I, I'm gonna say I, I keep calling it a JRPG, but it's not actually a role playing game. It's a third person beat 'em up. Okay. So, so like, so it's not turn based combat. It's like you're you're running around, like slashing things. I mean, it's not it's not very advanced uh, third person combat because it's basically. This is made by the same people that did Trails of Cold Steel. Yeah, and it's basically and it's basically just remade off their uh, their map engine from Cold Steel, where like you'd sl- you'd slash a monster and then you you get sucked into a a, thir- a turn based combat. Except here, it's just you can slash the monster a couple times and they'll die, and you can jump and there's like and uh, once in a while you'll unleash a uh, a JRPG esque. Uh, special cinematic attack which hits everything on the screen where you basically just do a special JRPG attack. Yeah. 
So, I mean, it's, yeah, it's pretty clearly, it was like they're, they're experimenting with their reused assets yeah, in between so, making Cold Steel 2 and 3, apparently. Yeah, so I guess the thing with all this is, is it, is it any good? Is it any good? Uh, it's all right. I mean, I, I, I mean, it's, it's kind of cliche, and I could kind of like predict exactly what I'm going to say before they say it half the time. But I mean, it's, it's interesting. It's not bad. The combat is better than I thought it was going to be. Although it's, it's not, it's no Devil May Cry or anything like that. Yeah. I, could you, I'm ima- sure you, gather, could you yeah. imagine like a, like a Devil May Cry style, like RPG? Like same level of technical combo, but just then immediately afterwards you gotta go do math or whatever. Could be. The th- the, the thing is, there's there's too many characters probably for them to like you know make them as combo uh, styled as uh, Dante or uh, any of the Devil Devil May Cry characters. Yeah, well, and then well, of course well, I mean, like, your- Devil May Cry character has like two or three fighting styles. So and so with the party instead of it being. Instead of it being like, hey, hey, I got a new party member, and then they go have their own combo stuff. You play as the you t- play as the protagonist, and then each character is a fighting style that you have. Where like you form social links with them, and then those social links turn into fucking weapons. I have two swords with heads that talk to me. Kind of told them not to talk. Yeah, like you start like you start with a sword, and then like you start with a sword, and then you just fucking you fucking go in, save your buddy. And then all of a sudden, your fucking buddy turns into like a weird fucking like Oni Bat style thing that is like more heavy, more heavy based combos. And then you get in, and then you get the next lady, and she's like, "Oh, I'm I'm fucking like Cat Claws or some other weird shit." And you get fucking like a very speedy style combo stuff. The one motherfucker who's just guns. That sounds like Soul Eater. Kind of actually, yeah, just basically Soul Eater the RPG. Soul Eater the RPG, yeah. It's like I turn into a scythe. Yeah. Get at us, game developers. Let's go. I don't know. So Pro- prob- and, uh, probably still having to design fucking like seven or eight unique fighting styles for a single character is a bit much. Probably. And then of course there's the school there's the school uh school sections, although it's not like Persona, it's basically it's basically just literally just the ones from Trails of Cold Steel where like you have your you have your time of class where sometimes you have to answer a question, but usually you don't. And then you have to go do side quests running around the area, and also you can hang out with your friends and spend points to uh, to do a bonding event with them. Except there's no mm. there's no apparent waifus here. Like he has his own designated love interest of this one character, so it doesn't matter how much you hang out with the other girls, you'll just be friends. Hmm. You you cannot make your harem. Yeah, that sounds. It also, it also sounds kind of boring. Yeah, yeah. It, it also it also has the issue of Trails of Cold Steel, where like in dialogue, like oftentimes everyone will be voiced except the main character. Of course, because they couldn't afford because they could. Well, it's because he talks, but it's just like it's only in text. Because they basically, basically, they couldn't afford to do a full game's worth of voice acting from him, and since he's in every scene. You think then he'd be one of the more important ones, or failing that, just don't voice anyone. Well, I mean, it's a modern day; it has to be voiced. No, it fucking doesn't. In Japan, it does. That's plus, stupid. Pl- plus, they could plus they could sell it like, "Hey, this famous Seiyu is in this game. Go play it." 
Except, except in this in this case. But, oh, by the way, this isn't dubbed, so like they, I guess they they couldn't bother to. They didn't want to do an English translation because this was basically done. But because uh, I think I mentioned this before, but Falcom, the character that makes this and also makes Trails of Cold Steel, doesn't have an English branch, so they're basically at the whims of third parties to localize and bring over their stuff. Yay! So in this case, Arc System Works brought this one over. Oh shit! But they just didn't dub it. <laughs> they're just like you know what people you know anyone who's playing this is gonna not gonna care yeah they don't give a fuck so it's, basic, so, it's so yeah so it's just the uh the, the japanese vas and also i'm gonna say i don't really know a single notable va in as any of these characters because yeah. usually like i mean i'm somewhat familiar with like from jrpgs and stuff i'm like i don't know any of these people they yeah. must all be rookies yeah, I am somewhat familiar just from watching anime stuff, but I don't know anyone's names. I just know their voice. Like, there's no Koyasu or Tsugita in this one. I'm sorry, you probably don't know who they are. Yeah, no, I know. No, I don't. Tomogazu Sugita is, uh, like, Kion and Gin, 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 uh, from Gintama. Okay. And Yusuke, and Yusuke from Persona 5, if you played with the Japanese dub. You probably didn't. Yeah, no, I got Matt Mercer. No, well, he did a good job. Yeah, I think this guy did a fine job in, the, in Persona 5. I am looking forward to ha- buying that game at least at least one and a half more times when Royal comes out and then also the Switch version, which is going to be, from what I have heard, uh, basically Hyrule Warriors, but Persona. Yep. Which I'm fucking fine with that. I love Hyrule Warriors and I want more of that. It was great. They talk a lot of stuff about Royal this week, but I'll, I'll mention that in news because I haven't actually played the game yet since it doesn't come out until October in Japan. It's not even coming out in the West until 2020. Yup. But you know what I will talk about? Oh, what's that? Persona Q2. Alrighty. The English version. Except I say English version, but they didn't dub this one either. And do you know, they... Uh, they didn't dub it because, uh, so basically what happened was, um, it is the cast of three, four and five in them. And, uh, that's a lot of voice actors, especially in, in Japan. It, like it sold for like $10 more than the average 3DS game simply because they had to offset having all these famous actors in this game. Cause it's a pretty big voice cast. So, uh, yeah. So they were like, you know what? We'll be lucky if we can sell this to anyone. We're just uh, we're just gonna bring the Japanese with subs, which is unfortunate because there's a lot of in battle dialogue that isn't translated because there's no place to actually subtitle it. So sometimes they're like, "Hey, you're doing good, Joker Chan or whatever," and I'm I'm like, "Well, I guess that's what they're saying, but my Japanese is only okay, so I can't uh, say for sure." And it's like Q1; it's basically uh, Adrian Odyssey, but. Uh, with a Persona skin on it and some Persona battle mechanics. Where, um, you know, the monsters are shadows from Persona Persona 3 and 4. Not Persona 5, unfortunately. It would have been cool to see the, all their models redone. And uh, they could probably uh, you know, animate it better. And I thought they did. Like, I, I remember seeing artwork of, like, Persona Q-style Persona 5 characters. Yeah, they oh they did that, 
But like, I mean, I meant like the personas and the demon models and stuff. Oh, okay. Yeah, like, well, first of all, battles are like basically first person, so you can't really see the characters, except like if you attack, they'll jump onto the screen and slash, and if you cast an ability, they'll go back and they'll do their casting stance. But like, it'll just show a like the standard artwork of the persona, uh-huh. rather than like they, so they 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 didn't do the models for everyone, and they also didn't do. Where in Persona Five, like the the personas and the demons were the shadows, so we're back to like the balls with creepy tongues and mouths from like Persona Four. Yeah, those things. And also, the bosses are various characters. Like the bosses, Kamoshida as the first boss is Kamoshida as a superhero, Kamoshida Man, which is just as horrifying as you think it is. <laughs> You remember that rapist teacher? Now he's a superhero. Because it's it's called New Cinema Labyrinth because it's it's movie theater based where you your hub area is uh, this movie theater that you can't leave because there's three locks on the door. Yeah. Oh no! They and, went to Home uh, Depot and got some padlocks. What do we do? Yeah. Well, no, because they're like, well, we'll just use our incredible powers to smash these locks. Oh, it didn't work. <laughs> And I got a hairpin. Just it's like we have, we have a, we have a side, we have a robot with machine gun hands that is firing at it, and they're not breaking. Okay, I guess we need the keys. <sighs> so, so you have to go, you have to go into these movies, which is um, basically the dungeons. So they're like, hey, it's like going into a TV, except we go into the movie screen. Yeah. Did they? Did they name the Persona Five character protagonist? Uh, no. He's he's whatever uh, you name him. So it's well. I mean, I, I mean, they did they did name him in the anime. His name is, but like he's 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 your he's your playable protagonist. He does so much means he doesn't talk, and you insert uh, whatever name you want, and they still call him Joker most of the time. I mean, it's better than nothing, I guess. Yeah. Well, the thing is, you 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 just, you, you can you can do the same you do the same thing to uh, the Persona Four protagonist, and the Persona Three protagonists. Like you have to you have to name them, and their names will be spoken in dialogue, but they're actually characters that talk and stuff. Which is Speaking weird. Which, like like for Persona Four, at least, like any ancillary stuff that they've released after the anime where they named him, he's been like he's been a voice character with a name. Yeah. And the same thing happened with Q1, where it's like you could play as either the three protagonists or the four protagonists, and whoever, whoever you weren't playing as was a voice character, but you still had to name them both, and they never mentioned their names in dialogue. Why they they have they they've been named officially? I guess because you I guess because it would ruin the self ins- the player insert thing if uh, they had a name. They. <sighs> I don't know, man. It, this is the thing that fucking bugs me. There's also the fact that their English, their their names translated into English won't actually fit in the text box. <laughs> what? Is, like, dude's name is Ren. You could fit Ren, but you can't fit Amamia. His name would be like Ren Ama Ama Amaya Amamelia or Amami. 
Like you can't fit his, you can't fit his full last name into the text box because it's only like uh, six characters long. Yeah, but we're familiar with him, so we fucking call him by his given name, Ren. It's like same thing with you. It's like uh, it's it's like it's like you can't fit you Narukami into the text box to name the You can name him you Naruk. <laughs> you can't, can't finish it. Yeah. Oh god! All this talk just made me want to fucking spend the goddamn money on the fucking Persona dancing games again because I haven't bought them yet. No. Ren's not a Ren's not. A, I mean, he's, he's named in the dancing game, but he's not a character there either. Like he's, he's yeah, still but, I'm, a, I'm, but like in, in the anime and stuff, they gave him a fucking name and character. In the anime, he doesn't talk. He, he barely talks. Like he talks a little bit, but I'm I'm like they they went all like they refused to make him an actual character for the most part. Okay, so they so they didn't put in the effort they put in with Persona Four. No, like he speaks when spoken to, and he occasionally like chimes in for once in a while. But like, there's entire episodes where he doesn't say a word. Man, I remember I remember watching the Persona Four um, anime, like the start of it, and just seeing the work that went into making these people like more characters same thing with like a, like protagonist and stuff even though even though he was very still very clearly like just a blank slate kind of thing yeah he, he still like had character yeah like the, the whole thing that like actually stuck in my head was uh the bit where like a they're like they're like on the like, school camping trip or whatever and uh and like kanji gets a nosebleed when the girls come out in their swimsuits and so they get fucking like knocked into the water kanji and uh Yosuke are like fucking just their faces contort and everything. He's just stone faced flipping through the air. He's like, I'm too cool for this. Yeah, just boop. This is happening. Yeah, I'm gonna say. I mean, I mean, they make excuses like for them not to have much care. Like you is like super serious about everything. Yeah. Ren is like, like he does. He's trying to keep his head down. And the Persona Three protagonist in their movies was, uh, he was just like mopey and depressed, so he didn't really say much. Oh boo. Whatever will I do, I'm so sad. Which is kind of like how they are here, except this game has the female protagonist from Persona 3 Portable. Yeah. I... Who, is also, who is also a character, and she is very talkative and very expressive. <laughs> Fucking what? God damn it. Yeah, she, she's like this super genki happy girl. God damn it. And she's also she also gets introduced like right like a half hour into the game, whereas most of the Persona Three characters otherwise don't show up until the game is half over. So she gets a lot of exposure. That's weird. Yes, it is, and it helped because it, it it rocketed her in the popularity polls from nobody really caring about her being almost as popular as the other leads. <laughs> so I guess they did their job. I guess so. Even though this game didn't sell very well because it came out towards the end of the 3DS's life. And it also had, an, as I mentioned, it, it had an additional like $10 upcharge. Like because they had, they needed all three voice casts from all three games. So like the, the acting cost was insanely expensive. Yeah. Which is also why they didn't bother dubbing it in English probably. Also because they figured nobody would care. And yet it still somehow it still sold better than both the three and five dancing games. Which I, I think I think the problem with that was that both the three and five dancing games launched at full retail price, and also had a lot of DLC. Yeah, so so it's like so it's like so it's like that, that first one is like, hey, we're on the Vita, we're like forty bucks, 
And, and then they got fucking big. And then they're like, hey, we're doing it again. This time they're 80 bucks each. And everyone's just like, mm, nah. Like that, that's the reason I that's the reason I didn't fucking buy them. Like when I like when they were announced, I assumed they'd be coming to Canada and then they'd be like, oh, 50 bucks each. Okay, yeah, I'll go came out. But oh, 80? Nah. Full price. Yeah, fuck that shit. These, these are dancing games, dude. Don't you want that a catchy DLC so you can have him dance like a maniac? No. I've been waiting for those fucking games to go on sale and they just don't. No, I don't think they're ever going to. It's crying fucking shame. They, 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 won't, they won't go on sale until like the PS4 is almost like dead. They won't go on sale until 2025. Like that's I think that's when that's when Persona 4 Golden finally started going on sale only when like nobody read anymore. <laughs> God. Oh fucking fucking Christ. That's such a goddamn shame. Those games the dancing games are good. It's just you need to fucking be able to afford them. And having they I mean, these not this not it's not like Persona. Like these games basically don't have a plot for three and three and five because I've I've watched like uh, my friend play them and they're basically they're just like, hey, you're dreaming, go dance. Yeah. Whereas fucking with Persona Four, they put the effort in to make a goddamn dancing game out of it, like an actual yeah, game there's game. Like, there's, there's dialogue and new characters and like, hey, you have to dance to save the world. Oh, okay. Yeah, and that weird fucking like backup thing. Where it's just like, hey, beat the game. Here's what everyone looks like a year after Persona 4. It's just, ugh. That's weird. You're weird. Yeah, fuck. Persona, biggest, yeah, Persona 4, Dancing All Night, on the Vita, is $34 Canadian. Both the, both the uh, fucking... Persona 3 and Persona 5 dancing games on Vita are both 54 Canadian. Of course. So less content, $20 extra. Gotta milk that uh, extra money. Oh, uh, hell yeah, dude. I mean, it's basically, they're, it's just shameless milking at this point. In fact, I was, <laughs> one thing I said is that uh, one thing that hurt Q2 the most is that it took so long to come out because. They're only announced like Atlas lately only announces stuff like at their biannual concerts. So they can like m- get more people to come to buy more tickets and yeah. they can make a big like t- to do event out of it, which means that like, you know, it takes half a year for them to announce something. And then sometimes they even hold off another half a year just to start marketing it. So Q2 came out uh, at the end of last year when the switch had been out for like almost a year and 3ds games were basically dead. Yeah. As a result, very few people except the hardcore fan base. Bought. Yeah, naturally. What they should have done was release it like six months after five came out in Japan and like, which would also because of, you know, like local listener stuff, it had come out about, it come out about six months after five came out in the West, which would be uh late, or late to mid uh, 2017. That would be a lot better. They would have had an extra year's worth of uh, time when the 3DS was still active and the Switch hadn't had only just come out. But uh, yeah, but that's sensible. So that's, why would we do well, anything? That's sensible. Well, I know why they didn't want to do it because they wanted they wanted to wait for the anime to come out and then 
so they could market it with commercials during the anime and also first announce it at a concert. Uh huh. But that kind of didn't help them here. Yeah, imagine not. Although it's also possible they knew going all out, it's going to be too late and nobody's going to buy it, but what else can we do? We can't, we can't put, we can't port it to the Switch because it has cheap handheld graphics <laughs> that will look terrible upscaled. It's like quick port to the Switch. Do they see it? Oh no, never mind. Yeah, it's like we can't, we can't port this to anything. So I guess we have no choice. God, it looks like trash. Why is the 3DS so shit? Okay, because it has is like very simple uh, chibi, gra- chibi graphics that would yeah, like look very, very low, yeah, very like low resolution polygons. Hey guys, it's like, hey everybody. So we got this game running. On, we got this game running on the fucking. We got the game running on the Switch. It was a bit weird upscaling it from 480 to 1080, but you know, let's see how it turns out. Yeah, see, it's just a blur. Oh, that's terrible. Yeah, I mean, they're thinking about like remaking it for the Switch with like updated graphics, but I don't know if that's going to happen now. Yeah, I don't see that happening. It's it did so badly. Yeah, it ain't Unless, it ain't no like, it ain't no Ace Attorney series. Unless, unless like they, I think maybe if they package them both in one game. Like, maybe people will buy it. Yeah, I can see that. I don't know. Anyway. Anything else? Mm. Not that I can really think of this worth talking about at this moment. All right, then. Next time. So, that's where we're playing then. On to news. So, the first thing we'll be talking about is the thing we won't be talking about. So, uh, after more mass shootings, people president and other Republicans came out and said, Hey, it's video games. Yeah. So we're not talking about that. It is just fuck that. But onto real news stuff. So first up DC universe online, the DC only MMORPG still exists. Yeah, I know I used to play it. Yeah. And it's coming to the switch. I still go. I still go back to it every now and then. I'm like, I can't believe it's alive. Oh, apologies. Not coming to the Switch. Is on the Switch. Why couldn't Marvel Heroes last that long? Because shut up. I miss Marvel Heroes. Yeah, Marvel has the movies. They don't need to give. They don't need to. They don't have. They don't need to have a fucking income stream for the video games. DC though, they need every cent they can fucking get. Yeah, that's true. They're not exactly you know, rolling in dough from uh, Justice League. Yeah. So anyway, uh, yeah, so the Switch port of the MMO uh, has a revamped tutorial, faster access to event content, a new augmented artifact system, and updated character models. It also comes packed with over 30 episodes of updates and shit from the, from the original game. Do you have to pay for it? Uh, it is free on the eShop. However, there is a $14.99 a month membership option that grants early access to new episodes when they become available. So yeah, from the sounds of it, it is free to play or pay a bit to get a bit more. I mean, that's how it was like when I played back like in 2011, but I don't know if like they ever made it more easily to access uh, like the episodes and stuff. Because it's like, yeah, you can you can free to play for the base game, but, uh, you know, good luck past that. Uh, yeah, it looks like it's, it looks like it's the same kind of thing. I'm just... Just, hey, do you have a subscription model? You get fucking new episodes. I don't know. RPGs are weird. I never got into this. I think I tried once and then just didn't. 
I only got into it because I was a beta tester. Oh. So I like I was like oh okay, I guess I'll see how it how it unfolded. But I, it kind of lost, got a little too grindy and uh, you know equipment based, and I was just like nah, I don't really, I don't really want to spend like half the day like grinding for drops so the other characters will think I'm cool enough to hang with them. Yeah, we'll save that for Fortnite. There's, pro- there's probably better things I could do with my time, like read a book or die. Because they're very, yeah, they're very, they're very, everything is very gear exclusive. They're like, gear check. No, you're not good enough. Get out of here. Yeah. What the fuck is that? You don't have a custom shader on that. What are you, a fucking noob? Back to Fortnite, you eight year old asshole. So, yeah. And so I didn't, I didn't last very long. Occasionally I go back and I play it for a little bit. And I'm like, this is. Do you know that's a thing? People like, people are getting bullied for not having Fortnite skins. I've never played Fortnite, so. Yeah, other people I have. A lot of them. I mean, I know I know Fortnite's big, but I've never really been interested. I didn't know people like people bully them like you don't have the skin. Pff, what a noob. Basically, yeah, kids at school. If if they've like have their if they're part of their friend group, if they don't have fucking like a custom skin or some kind of like fucking high tier skin, then then they just consider them. Then they call I think they call them no skins. Jesus, like they have a term for it. Why couldn't they be like this when I was in school? Because we grew up in the nineties. When I was in school, they're like, yeah, whatever. So how about that sports ball? Yeah, when I was in school, uh, they beat me. I mean, never went that bad, but you know. Yeah, I, I went to school with assholes. It was a Catholic school. I mean, I mean, so did I. But I mean, anyway. Yeah, let's not go back into our yeah that we 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 are moving forward. And speaking of moving forward, guilty gear. And also speaking of gear, that was the segue I meant to say. But yeah, so uh, Guilty Gear, their uh, Arc System Works has announced a new Guilty Gear at Evo this year uh, that will be coming out at some point in 2020. Mm-hmm. And the folks at Eurogamer didn't know that Arc System Works already used the 2.5D art, uh, art style that they used in Dragon Ball Fighter Z on Guilty Gear before Dragon Ball Fighter Z. Were they allowed to? Uh. No, like, like you know those, you know the like the the two D art, the, like the two D, um, like the two D three D style fight thing where it's just like you look at them and like yeah. look two D, but then oh right, they're actual full polygonal models. Yeah, yeah, they used that in Guilty Gear Xrd first, and then then that was essentially their, and that was basically their art style going forward of just this three D full polygonal models that look like two D models until they fucking actually fight. It was this fucking fantastic visual trick that they that they pulled with the XRD, and then they brought it back for they brought it, they brought it back to essentially every fighting game they made since then. And then this fucking dude on Eurogamer was like, "It looks like they're taking the work they did in Dragon Ball Fighter Z and applying it to Guilty Gear." Finally, surprise! They already did it. Yeah, but Dragon Ball Fighter Z is the only game I. I'm cool, guys. Right? <laughs> yes, I am cool, fellow teens. Look, I hit the darb. Woot. So moving right along from there, uh, loot boxes. They are a thing. They are unfortunately are a they? thing. Did they get? Did they get a lot of hit when like that one game? Oh yeah, like, everyone hates loot boxes. Loot box. like, okay. 
everyone compared to yeah, gambling. Yeah, everyone hates loot boxes except for the people who make loot boxes. Wasn't what weren't loot boxes made like illegal in Hawaii or something? Uh Belgium, I think. Oh. And potentially Hawaii too. Because they're basically gambling. I mean, you gotta say, I remember remember Hawaii like mentioning it. Yeah, like it's gambling. Yeah. And so uh two pretty big pieces of news for loot box related news came out this week. Uh, so first up, uh, Rocket League, who had a loot box style system for their, you know, customizable things on their cars. Uh, they've announced that they are going to be uh, changing up loot boxes pretty significantly. Uh, specifically, they will show you what is in the box before you buy it. Wow. It's very generous of them. Yeah. Uh, so while that, they will like- still... That, that takes away the whole randomness of it. Yeah, yeah, it does. Uh, while still being technically random, uh, instead you will actually be able to see what is in the box before purchasing, and thus you won't have to, thus you don't have to worry about getting fucking dupes of shit you already have or getting something you don't want, which then leads to purchasing more boxes. Okay. Uh, yeah, cool. uh, it is, it is similar to a, uh, similar to a, uh, what Fortnite did actually in January um, as part of their save the save the world mode, uh, and then in the post that Rocket League made, like Sionix develop the developer Sionix actually made about this, they actually compared it to uh, Fortnite and what Epic did. Every time I say Rocket League, I just think of Rocket Power. I know it has nothing to do with each other, but still, yeah. Whenever I see Rocket League, I'm like, oh right, that was fucking big for a while. Is that still a thing? Apparently, it is. Yeah. Uh, and then the other new, the other big thing that kind of came out is um, Xbox, PlayStation, and Nintendo, as well as a bunch of major publishers, uh, commit to loot boxes disclosures. Basically, they're going to be letting you know the actual rarity rate and like percentage chance of you dr- of you getting one of these fucking items from the, one of these boxes for every item they put in the boxes. I guess. I like that they're, I like that they're talking like it's some kind of big conspiracy or something. Uh, yeah, so at an FTC panel um, on microtransactions and video games, uh, the ESA, the Entertainment Software Association, announced that all three uh, console platform holders have agreed to a voluntary change in their policies toward loot boxes. Um, so that any new games, and as well as games that have updates that add loot boxes on these platforms, will be required to disclose the rarity rates of items. Uh, Michael Warneck, uh Part of the part of the ESA uh, said said in his statement, Microsoft, Nintendo, and Sony have indicated to the ESA a commitment to new platform policies with respect to the use of paid loot boxes in games that are developed for their platform. Specifically, this would apply to new games and game updates that add loot box features, and it would require the disclosure of the relative rarity or probabilities of obtaining randomized virtual items in games available on their platforms. So basically, loot boxes are still in them. They're still doing lots of. They're still doing. They're not doing what fucking Fortnite or Rocket League did. It's just saying, hey, before they buy this loot box, just let you know there is this much chance that you'll get the thing you want. But up, but but boop. Well, at least things are improving slightly. Uh, yeah, it's still not good because loot boxes are not good, and this Warnet guy. As part of this said, hey, as part of this thing said, hey, loot boxes are still good, you guys, but since you're complaining so much, 
complaining so much, I guess we'll do something about it. Uh, yeah, uh, ESA also, uh, in a statement, uh, announced that multiple publishers had agreed to the disclosure as well, including Activision Blizzard, Bando Na- Bandai Namco, Bethesda, Bungie, EA, Microsoft, Nintendo Sony, Take-Two, Ubisoft, Warner Brothers, and Wizards of the Coast. Uh, with all these disclosures said to be coming by the end of 2020. So yeah, there we go. This is this is happening. Things are things are getting better. Things are improving. Maybe. Yes, ever so slightly. Which I guess is all we can ask for. But speaking of getting better slash getting worse, uh, this is news that I am wondering why it's news. At the same time, I'm not wondering because I know why and I hate it. So, you ever heard of Ninja? The developer? The Twitch streamer. The Twitch streamer? Um, Vaguely, I don't think I've ever watched him or know anything about him. Streamer out there named Ninja. Yeah. Oh, did, wait, oh wait, didn't he didn't he quit or something? Uh no. But he did switch platforms, which was newsworthy apparently. That's right. I did hear about that. Yeah, so it's Ninja, like, he is the fucking biggest streamer in the goddamn world. Uh he is he streams Fortnite and shit. Uh on Twitch, he was he had fucking tons of fucking followers and all that other kind of shit. Um I have no idea how big that was. Because I, I didn't really follow him or anything like that. Um, okay, so yeah, according to the internet, uh, he had 14.5 million followers on Twitch. One of the, I'm assuming, bigger uh, fucking people. And yeah, he basically almost all, almost exclusively streamed Fortnite. And yeah, uh, he was on Twitch for a while and just recently had announced that he'll be moving from Twitch Exclusively to Mixer, which is the Microsoft-owned streaming platform. Oh, no. He sold out. They've all sold out, dude. He sold out worse. Uh, yeah. According, according to him in a statement, he said, quote, It's the same me, just a different platform. In, in, in response to people worrying about a change in his content. Uh, he also said that he has plans to, quote, get back in touch with his roots as it relates to streaming. Which many people believe that to mean that he will be going to play Halo. Oh no! And he made a little fucking fake. He made a little announcement video, which was basically a uh, fake press conference where he announced the change, and you could see Master Chief in the crowd, which was a thing, I guess. This is big. This is this is big, and I don't like it. You don't like that it's big, or you don't like that he's switching? I don't like that it's big. Yeah. Like, I mean, it's, it's there are a million other streamers to care about? Yeah, there are millions of these motherfuckers. It, it, it would be like if, it'd be like if gaming publications fucking wrote about YouTube channels. Like, like hey, YouTube channel, whatever, just started up a brand new series, everybody. Like, I don't care. You, these, these people aren't... I, I don't know how to phrase this. 
these people shouldn't be famous, but they are. No, not even that. Like it's the fuck. It's fucking 2019. People, people are famous for fucking streaming shit. I would much rather have people be famous for playing video games than have people be famous for nothing. It's fair enough. But they're treating this almost like a fucking sports, like a like a like a, like a fucking basketball player got traded to another team. <laughs> Esports, it's a thing. Yeah, like I don't quite get why I should care other than hey it looks like Mixer might be a thing now which I guess that's cool we don't really do live streaming stuff here like I've thought about it but just we don't really have we don't have the equipment to do it properly and we don't have the I don't I don't really have the drive to also do it i don't play anything that people would want to watch live streamed yeah that's the other thing it's like it's like all right yeah so i could just release my content on youtube and have no one watch it or i could live stream it to have no one watch it but then know that no one's watching it while i'm doing it like i that might just be that might just be uh like my mindset on things but I don't know, man. This whole thing just is fucking weird. Like how big of a thing it is is really weirding me out. Anyway, that is for news, and that's gonna do it for this week, I guess. Thank you all for joining us. We'll be back at some point, hopefully. More of this shit. Yep. Until then, I'm dead. And I am Alex. We'll see you guys next time.